It is a memoir of sorts. That's right, Oprah, and I'll swear it's all true even if you make the mean face at me on the couch. We'll also, if you're interested, get into how to make a show, specifically the show Everybody Loves Raymond. We'll see how it came to be, how writing what you know is not just a saying but essential, and how almost anyone's life can be turned into fuel for comedy. We'll use, for example, my life, where I'm from, the other jobs and other shows I toiled on, my relationships with family, with women, with the writer's room, with show business, and how all of it found its way into the work, became the work, to the point where it wasn't work anymore. And all of it is here, in the hope that you'll be entertained and maybe learn a thing or two that could help you in your own career, your life, your diet. You'll learn a little about how to write, cast, edit, direct, run, cater, and most of all, enjoy the gift of a hit show. I was crazy lucky to get such a gift, and for nine years, I savored it. I loved it. I was tremendously thankful for it. It would not have occurred to me to return it, or leave it, or be unhappy with it, let alone complain about the gift to whoever gave it to me that it was all too much. You still there, Ma? Chapter 1. The Lesson of Mary Poppins when I was a four-year-old boy in the Bronx, I made every adult I knew take me to see the best movie in the world, Mary Poppins. I saw it six times in 1964. Not only was it funny, colorful, magical, warm, and charming, but it had great songs, and the woman I had decided to marry was starring in it, Julie Andrews. Was I alone in this infatuation? Some of you out there must have felt the same way. I considered myself lucky, four years old, and I'd found my wife already. I didn't think, I know there are problems, she doesn't quite know all about me yet, I live in the Bronx and she's in or above London. I didn't care. She was smart and pretty, could sing like an angel, was funny in a very dry way, made your toys and junk clean up themselves, had wild medicines and friends who were crazy, man. Mary Poppins was practically perfect in every way, and damn it, that's what I wanted in a woman. This wonderment I was getting from the screen, these laughs, this joy, got in deep. Why? Because the movie was a look at a magical Gentile life? It wasn't just that. And it's not just a romp. It's not just lighthearted, just dance around and fly a kite. The kite flying meant something. And if you've had the great pleasure of watching it with your kids recently, you'll appreciate that this film, unlike almost everything else out there now, is about something. There's a point to it. There's a point to the magic and the fun. There's something underneath, and it's something that stays with you when the two hours are over that you can integrate into your life. You don't get it consciously when you're four, but the reason you have to see it six times is because this deceptively simple entertainment has been sophisticatedly designed to impart its themes. Kindness, love your family, feed the birds, enjoy your life, find a wife like Mary. It's not a lesson, just a strong point of view that comes through while you're enjoying yourself. This was the value system embedded in the screenplay by its authors, Bill Walsh and Don DeGrady, based on the books by P.L. Travers. It's in the best popular entertainment, and it's in everything that's helped make life worth living for me, not just because the movies and shows I love gave me a way of looking at and understanding the world, but also because they didn't announce themselves as intending to do that. Watching Mary Poppins was just the most fun I'd ever had in my whole life when I was four. And that fun, I soon discovered, was available on the black and white television in our apartment, too. The Honeymooners and the Dick Van Dyke Show. Hey, wasn't he Bert? And later, shows like Mary Tyler Moore, Taxi, On the Family, The Odd Couple, The Cosby Show, Roseanne, and The Simpsons. 
I watched too much TV as a kid, and I still do, as what passes for an adult today. My parents used to tell me, turn that goddamn thing off. What are you going to do, get a job watching television? They were right, of course. A life of living is better than a life of watching, except for the fact that I felt what I was watching was better than what I was living. I'm a first-generation American. My parents both survived the Holocaust. My father got out of Germany right after Kristallnacht, but my mother was in a camp. I never met my grandfather, Philipp Auerbach. He survived Auschwitz, the Death March, and Buchenwald to stay in Germany rather than join his wife and daughter here and started what came to be known as the Restitution Program, which forced the German government to pay monthly checks to Jews whose businesses were stolen. The program continues to this day. Later, my folks met in Washington Heights on the northern end of Manhattan. So many German Jews wound up there, it was nicknamed Frankfurt on the Hudson. Dad worked in the garment center downtown. Mom was a trained paralegal who quit a job to raise my younger brother and me until we both...